Welcome to the Cover Two Resources podcast series, a podcast series about addiction and addiction education. My name is Amy McNeil. I lost my brother Samuel to a heroin overdose on October 23rd, 2015. He was 28. As a family, we thought we were prepared to help Sam fight addiction, but we were painfully mistaken. My family founded Cover Two Resources in memory of Sam. Our mission is to arm others with the knowledge needed to best support a loved one struggling with opioid addiction. The Cover Two Resources podcast is an ongoing series in which we interview experts in the fight against opioid addiction. It is made possible through donations and sponsorships from concerned individuals or organizations. If you want to help in the fight against opioid addiction, please consider donating or sponsoring the Cover Two podcast. Go to cover2.org for more information. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and via RSS feed. Simply search for the full name, Cover Two Resources, on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Greg McNeil, founder of Cover Two Resources. There are about 2.4 million Americans addicted to opioids, which include prescription pain medications such as Vicodin and Percocet, along with their illicit cousins such as heroin. Waiting lists for treatment facilities are now commonplace in the states that are hardest hit by the epidemic. In New England, one treatment provider has taken an innovative approach to expanding treatment capacity, in-home treatment. Here to talk with us about this unique plan is Matthew Ecott. Matthew is the Vice President of Aware Recovery Care in North Haven, Connecticut. So Matt, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Okay. So let's start off by, can you describe the opioid uh, crisis there in New Haven and the impact that it's had on your community? Absolutely. Over the last, I would say, decade uh, to about 15 years, um, I have had the experience of watching this epidemic not only start in its infancy, but also mature into something that is now, uh, you know, in the public. It is a major topic. Um, people are much more aware uh, of its of its dangers. Um, one of the side effects of its publicity has been that the stigma involved uh, with being in recovery um, has somewhat decreased, um, and that's kind of the silver lining in all this. We began our discussion talking about the opioid epidemic and how it had impacted their community, but quickly it focused on Matt and his recovery from opioid dependence. And his story was a fascinating story. I was just someone who very early on um, found myself fascinated uh, with, you know, what I term as my own chemistry set, which was, you know, drugs and alcohol. And so how, what could I do to make myself feel different? Um, so instead of uh, really, you know, practicing mindfulness and a lot of the techniques that we now, um, you know, utilize. So it allows us to feel what we're feeling and get through and process emotions. 
um, and not need to change everything. Um, you know, drugs, I use them for so long because there's a sense of comfort and because they did their job, which was uh, allow me to feel different. What were you doing? It was interesting. The more we talked, the more I learned of the entrepreneurial approach that Matt took to funding his addiction. You know, at one point in my college career, I dropped out of college, but I didn't tell anybody. And then I, you know, created fake documents and made it seem like I was still in school. So I was creating, uh, you know, letters from the registrar, letter from the bursar, um, transcripts, and eventually a diploma. And instead of going to school, um, I was just, you know, hanging with my friends. And at the time, I thought it was just, you know, a rite of passage. Um, and in reality, I was, you know, way overboard and, and doing things that, you know, 99 or 95% of people were not doing. So I was taking the tuition money um, that my parents were paying for me in school and sending them letters saying that's enrolled, um, Matt is doing well at school, and, and all that was a lie, and I would just take that and spend that on my habit, wow. uh, which at that time was, was OxyCon. Yeah. You really went to great lengths to protect your lifestyle. What finally made you kind of hit rock bottom there, Matt? Well, so so that, believe it or not, was not rock bottom. Um, I, I got arrested for filling fake prescriptions at a uh, pharmacy around Boston, and that was my first serious arrest. And at the time, I would have certain friends that would be using heroin and saying, you know, you should do this. It's it's cheaper. It's uh, more readily available. It'll last longer. Why are you wasting your time on these pills that cost $80 each when you can get, um, you know, 10 times that amount for that amount of money? So um, I would always look at those people and think, you know, that will never be me. You know, I would never get to that level, and as long as I don't do heroin, Everything's fine. You know, I'm not a truly a real drug addict. I'm just still someone who, again, is, is uh, you know, experiencing fun in, in my own rite of passage. Point of desperation where I did not have the money uh, to buy Oxycontin. Um, and then I was exposed to someone who had uh, heroin. And, you know, so I bought that, tried that. Um, and within the first year of my habit being in the beginning of the year, uh, I was snorting five bags of heroin a day. At the end of that first year, my tolerance had exploded where my daily habit was up to, you know, 85 bags of day using heroin, you know, still needing to find money and to live a double, if not triple life. Um, 85 go, bags a day, 85 bags. Correct. Yeah. How long? Yep. So you were shooting all that? Um, I, I managed, you know, I managed to keep it to snorting. Okay. Um, you know, and although that's, you know, in my mind, it's just as bad. That's probably the only thing that kept me from death. 
Um, and again, this was, you know, 10, 10 years ago or so, 10 to 12 years ago, wow. where there was not uh, so much of the heroin out there that is now laced with, you know, heroin and carfentanil and, and these, you know, unknown substances that are being created in foreign countries or clandestine labs that are really uh, being manufactured and, and being sold so that more people can get hooked on the product faster than, you know, people will die as a result of using it. So 85 bucks or 85 bags a day, what is that the equivalent in money? What's it cost? Uh, so, so that would be... So each, um, that would be probably about $450 around there. Maybe, you know, after some time of um, building some kind of fake relationship with, with you know, a drug dealer, it would be like $300 or so a day. That's an amazing story and a long way from recovery and then ultimately aware recovery care and your role there. So how, how did you find recovery and, and how then did you make this emergence into a successful role at a successful company? Absolutely. And, and that's, that's the question I like. So, you know, so, so often now we hear about death. Uh, we don't hear much about hope and change when it comes to the opiate epidemic every week, I can tell you that I know um, a lot of people that there's someone dying that they know or love. Um, and for me, um, you know, I went to prison. I was in prison for the weekend or jail. Um, and I, you know, vowed that I would never do it again. And God, just please get me out of this. And I, and I would change my ways. So, uh, Monday came, I went to court, I got bailed out, and my psychiatrist recommended a 28-day uh, inpatient treatment center, and I would go to treatment in Florida or California or Virginia or, um, you know, or Connecticut, um, and then I would learn about my disease, learn about uh, my affliction, and then, um, you know, talk about, you know, how I felt and what I was going through with others in a group. And I would be in this kind of safe bubble uh, at a treatment center. And then it would come time where I would have to leave and come back home. And uh, I would come back home, and within a week, sometimes two or three, if I was lucky to make it that long, I would relapse and, and just get back into the old behaviors with the same old people in the same old environment. So that cycle happened uh, 15 times in a, about a decade. So I went to 15 different treatment centers all over the United States, um, even some outside of the United States. Um, they, I was sent to Israel so um, because I didn't know the language. They figured I couldn't manipulate. 
So I was in Israel for six months at a what's called a therapeutic community. So they basically tried everything uh, with me over and over again, and I would do very well when I was at these treatments, but then the problem was um, I couldn't translate that to sustained recovery, health, and wellness at home where I lived in my home environment with my family. So when did you finally turn so, the corner, and how were you able to do that, Matt? So so for me, the, the, the change happened uh, after yet another arrest, and my therapist of about uh, six or seven years said, Matt, um, you know, you've tried everything. You've tried every time a type of treatment, every traditional method of treatment, so I believe that, you know, I, I, one of my friends uh, is starting a new program, and it's very early on um, in its stages of development. It's really just an idea right now, but it's a good idea, and I believe it would be good for you. That idea was Aware Recovery Care. So in 2011, Aware Recovery Care was incorporated. Um, I, I was a client at Aware Recovery Care. Um, and when the notion of uh, a year-long program in my home, um, not necessarily just in the home, I mean, you, you can go to the gym, uh, you can basically live your life with all the freedoms that you have, but you have a, a team of wellness professionals that's assigned to you that will bring you through uh, a treatment plan and curriculum to focus on not only what is best for me as an individual, but also uh, they focus on what's best for the family. So we treat, you know, the person and the family together for a long period of time because, you know, a month or two months or even six, in my opinion, is just not enough to, to um, be able to feel comfortable with, you know, the ways, all the things that you have to do to, to change your life. Um, so your behaviors, your thoughts, uh, you have to recreate or create a support system around where you live. So, you know, a lot of the reason that Aware Recovery Care has such significant outcomes is because we utilize the supports that are around us in, in our communities. The more Matt and I talked, the more it became yeah. clear so, that this highly again, personalized say, program that's in-home based you know, home should be really considered pretty strongly. Um, I, th I think it's great because it can expand without limits. You don't have those bed limits. Insurance is now beginning to pick up the tab on it. And it covers 12 months versus two or so months for traditional programs. And it covers 12 months for roughly the same cost that traditional programs do for those couple of months. We have found that because addiction is a chronic disease, uh, the statistics really show that if you're able to stay in recovery for that first full year, your chances of maintaining it go from, you know, around 10 to upwards of 80%. Um, 
and you know, just like addiction treatment nowadays is is, is treated like a rash that you put lotion on uh, or take antibiotics, take a course of antibiotics, and then you know it's it, it goes away. But but really, the focus needs to be on the whole continuum. Um, and again, you know, we we don't uh, not believe in a lot of these existing traditional treatment place treatment centers. We utilize them for initial stabilization. We utilize them for um, you know detox. We 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 you know it's it's a necessary step a lot of times for a lot of people to remove themselves from their environment. Um, it's just that everybody comes back home. You know, you can't completely transplant yourself and, and live your life for the rest of your life in Malibu when your uh, family is, you know, in New York or Connecticut or wherever. Um, so because of that, it, it just, you know, you have to be grounded in reality. Um, and reality means that you're going to have your own free will. You're going to be able to drive where you want to. You're going to be able to go to work when you want to and uh, speak to whomever you want. So you have to feel comfortable um, on your own, but with healthy support. So that's basically how we structure our program. What we like to do is taper down in our services uh, as the year goes on. So really as you begin, we are, um, you know, we're quite frequent. Our services are, you know, for the most part front loaded. And then as time goes on, our goal is for our clients not to need us. Um, so at the end of the year, they're fully integrated into their own lives. They feel as if they are safe, independent, um, and, that they are comfortable with their support system that they've developed. Now, there are some times, as you mentioned, that people uh, do do want to stay on a little bit longer. Um, we believe in all methods and means and modalities of recovery. So, um, you know, there's a lot of places out there that are uh, traditionally one modality or they believe in you know, one support group where they don't believe in medication and assisted treatment. Um, we, because we're not, we don't have to focus on uh, group think or what's best for the group because our clients are individual. Um, they are, we are able to provide them and guide them and bring them through a treatment plan that involves whatever evidence-based practice that is, you know, most effective or applicable to them. So 12-step abstinence approach or medication-assisted treatment approach, you utilize them all. It's whatever is most appropriate to your client, right? Right, exactly. So So something that we haven't hit on is the cost of your treatment program versus traditional treatment programs. So initially we were strictly private pay. And what that meant at the time, I think we were $32,000 for a year of full treatment. Um, 
No, when you when you're talking to me, I remember I'm someone who went to 15 different treatment centers in 10 years, and each one of these treatment centers I would go to, I would pay whether it was eighteen thousand dollars or whether it was forty-two thousand dollars for uh, a month or twenty-eight days. Um, I had that experience of going to these places, and then. I would relapse maybe if I was in treatment and then I would uh, be sent to a sister facility from California to Florida and they would charge me over again and I would pay again, you know, $18,000 or, you know, upwards of 40 to 60 to, I've, you know, there's places out there now that are over $100,000 for even a month. Um, so when I heard that it was a year of treatment for, uh, at the time, again, it was $31,000 or $32,000. That seemed extremely cost-effective for me. And I understand, you know, not everyone is in a position to be able to afford that. Um, I think in the beginning, Aware Recovery Care was geared towards uh, the professional, the the. Um, people who would want to stay at work while receiving treatment. But as time went on, we got so many calls from uh, all walks of life that we realized that we need to do something differently. And, and, and this is where innovation isn't always as good when you're dealing with uh, billing and coding. So when you think outside the box, that's great because, you know, now we have a, a program and a model that we're going to build out and go national with. But there's also, as far as the payers go, and when I, when I say payers, I mean, uh, you know, private insurance companies, commercial insurers, um, Medicare, Medicaid. If you don't fit into one of their boxes, then you do not get paid. So we spent a lot of time and we continue to um, negotiate and, and to try to appeal to um, these you know, major insurance companies. And, and back in 2015, 2014, we started going around and presenting to these large private insurance companies. Um, so we we made our presentations, and, and everyone we presented to said it was a great idea, a beautiful idea. Um, you know, come back to us when you have results, when you have enough clients that you can do a study. Um, and eventually... Uh, we presented to Anthem in Connecticut and uh, doctors Stephen Korn and Dr. Brad Whitty heard our presentation, heard about the idea, and were just floored. They were, it was exactly what they wanted. Um, And so 
working together with an insurance company and with them particularly in particular has been such a gift because they've been able to, um, you know, provide us with some guidance. Uh, we've been able to, uh, figure out a way that we can provide our services with their, to their members. Um, and it's allowed us to increase our client numbers by, you know, uh, quite a bit. And we're expanding across different states and, and, you know, we're talking to different insurers and we'll be picked up by different insurers and, and continue this trend. Um, but back to the price, it's, you know, today our pricing is about $38,000 for a full year. Um, and again, it's a, a full year of treatment. So compared to what is, you know, whether it's 17 or 42 or $85,000 for a month, it's still cost effective. But when you get down to the nitty gritty real numbers, um, you know, inpatient treatment costs about at least $1,000 per day. So, Matt, this has really been great. This has been very, very informative. Uh, again, I haven't heard of any program quite like yours. What final thoughts would you like to share with our listeners about the fight against the opioid epidemic in North Haven, Connecticut, and the program that you and your firm have rolled out? So, you know, first of all, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been It's been a pleasure. Uh, it has been so often that I've been featured in the news for doing things that are horrible and getting arrested. Um, and the last six and a half years of my life have been totally different. Um, you know, I'm in long-term recovery now. I'm committed to uh, the growth and, and health of aware recovery care and of the folks that we serve. Um Again, there's there's such focus on the opiate epidemic, whether it's in Connecticut or New Hampshire or Ohio. Um, it's all over the United States, and and you hear about you know people dying all the time, um, and that will not stop, unfortunately. But what can be done is folks need to investigate and and really look into the treatment programs that they're um, they're researching or thinking about for themselves or others um, they need to look at the numbers out there uh, and realize you know what is actually helpful where are the outcomes and what are the outcomes rather than just you know listening to a marketing rep that pays uh, a ton of money or we'll pay for your insurance for a year just so you can come down to uh, so-and-so treatment center and they will charge your insurance company, you know, criminally and unethically um, so much that, you know, it will make up for the cost of treatment. Well, once again, thank you, Matt. Really appreciate it. We've been visiting today with Matthew Ecott from the Aware Recovery Care program in North Haven, Connecticut. Matt is in recovery himself, six and a half years, and now he's the vice president of Aware Recovery Care. Today, he's been sharing with us their revolutionary new hybrid evidence-based 
in-home treatment program that's making a difference in their community. My name is Greg McNeil. I'm the founder of Cover 2 Resources. Thank you for joining us for this Cover 2 PPT podcast. That's people, places, and things making a difference in the opioid epidemic. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Cover 2 Resources podcast. This episode is a production of Cover 2 Resources and is made possible by listeners like you. With your support, the Cover 2 team can continue to research and broadcast these resources to others in need. If you'd like to donate or to sponsor a future podcast, please visit cover2.org. As always, thank you for listening. Together, we can make a difference in the opioid epidemic, one life at a time.